Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Appledore Research Podcast. My name is Robert Curran, Consulting Analyst with Appledore. As ever, we're here to share insights on the transformation of telecom in the era of cloud, network automation, and AI. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, enjoy the show. You could be forgiven for thinking that the future of telecom was only about software, culture change, innovation, and services. But it is worth reminding ourselves once in a while that telecom is still in the midst of the most fundamental revolution, the digital revolution, which really resets the technological foundations of the industry. There's no doubt that software is increasingly important, but the role of silicon is truly fundamental. How much do operators need to concern themselves with how things get done at the very lowest levels of their networks? And are the trends that we're seeing in software space being reflected by, maybe even shaped by, trends and advances on the silicon side. Joining me today to discuss this really key topic um, is Appledore Principal Analyst Grant Lenahan. Grant, uh, welcome back. We've not had you on for a while. I know you've been on the road and busy, but welcome back to this uh, this topic. Yeah, thanks, Robert. It's good to be back uh, on the podcast and talking about something that I just invested Significant part of my life in. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I do I do want to start there, uh, Grant. Uh, y- you've just published a, a pretty significant new report on just this topic: the role of specialty silicon in telecom beyond x86. What prompted the writing and the development of this report? Why did this come up on on your research radar? Well, you know, first of all, I'd like to step back and and talk about. The fact that, you know, we as a, as a firm and me in particular, uh, as an analyst, have a tendency to look beyond the boundaries of our day-to-day coverage. And every year, year and a half, we tend to break into a new area that's outside of our coverage area. But we believe, you know, beyond the headlights of the industry, right? Because an analyst can be a reporter or an analyst of what is, but we are often also asked to predict what will be, at the very minimum, in terms of, of forecasts of markets that, frankly, have not occurred yet, right? So we, we have to be comfortable looking into how things change, not how things are the same. You know, quite a few years ago, I looked at SD-WAN because I said, gee, this has a number of potentially large impacts, um, maybe replacing a lot of traditional WANs. But also, I looked at these integrated systems that were fully autonomous, Right. Something we still are taking baby steps toward pursuing in the main network. And and these were fully autonomous boxes that made companies have to become comfortable with a level of hands off operations um, that they had not encountered before. And then, you know, we also went in and looked at security, network delivered security, managed automated security. So things that are looking forward um, and the more we looked around, the more we realized that silicon has been somewhat overlooked. There's this talk that everything is software and everything's going to run in a data center and data centers are full of, you know, IA86 uh, processors and it's going to be wonderful. Hmm. And uh, there's a lot of evidence that, well, that is a, that's a, a great trend and to the degree it works, it's going to simplify our lives. Um, it doesn't always work. It's a grand sweep to to paint there. I mean, autonomy, automation are, are 
central themes to all the work we do. It's interesting that 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 perspective is now turning its attention onto the the silicon world. Yeah, uh, and I think that's that's. And I should point out, by the way, to your point, silicon um, choices have a big impact on automation processes and and automation software and orchestration. Mm. Um, because you know they need to be understood and taken advantage of. You're complicating inventory. You're you're reducing uh, the ubiquity of of the infrastructure, right? So you're actually saying we need to be really aware of what's in that infrastructure in order to orchestrate properly and dynamically manage and keep things alive. So there's there's big impacts right back on the on you know the bread and butter of what Appledore covers which is how are you going to effectively and efficiently automate? I mean, that's interesting in itself. The external driver, which is which is automation, the kind of macro level picture, and then intrinsic drivers in terms of what's happening in and around kind of silicon innovation itself and, and, and immediate kind of adjacencies. Is that something that you, that you talk about in the, in the report? Yeah. So uh, part of, you know, the, so the report is really looking at not just why we need silicon, but what are the business drivers, the use cases, the service innovation that are demanding them. Um, you know, for example, one area that we look into, and I don't want to get into the report, is how some router chips are being built not just to route, but to perform fairly complex, uh, you know, conditional logic that are used for security, that are used for quality and class of service, that are used for for lots of things that you know a, a plain vanilla router doesn't do. You know, we also are looking at a lot of the chips to speed up open RAN, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, open RAN's great, but open RAN doesn't really run very well on off-the-shelf servers. Mm-hmm. So you might ask the question: So why are we going through all this complexity? And the answer is fairly simple: You're building disaggregated open RANs for business reasons, not for technological reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, service innovation reasons, there are supply chain region reasons. And, you know, those are some of the things that we talk about in this report. One of the things I really like about the report is, you know, you could choose, you could choose any point in the history of telecom to talk about silicon uh, and development of silicon. Um, you choose for this report a very specific point in time. Uh, and and maybe without giving too much away about the report, but m- maybe maybe talk about about that 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 particular you know I- event which is now you know somewhat legendary in the industry. But uh, but maybe just give us a, a bit of flavor of why why you why you chose that particular event to to be this kind of you know kicking off point if you like for for the telecom silicon report. Yeah. So what you're referring to is I went back to the 2012 paper that was written on network functions virtualization um, by about a dozen telcos. And, you know, what's interesting about that paper is they they fundamentally got together at the SDN World Conference, and I think it was in Dusseldorf at the time, and, and wrote this thing and said, this is a good direction for the industry. And much of the director of what they were talking about was getting on the technology curve of the latest, you know, mass-produced IT hardware, not waiting around for any given vendor to update their their hardware. It was about... IT and software being able to understand one operating environment, not do you understand the Ericsson environment, do you understand the Nokia environment, do you understand the Telink environment, you know, it was being able to get economies of scale, not just in in hardware, but in people and their education and their knowledge and the processes. And that essentially said ubiquity in, in 
the servers and in the infrastructure is really valuable. And we see the same argument from public cloud advocates. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of truth in it for things that work on that environment. And th- this was a clear look forward and saying, look, that direction has been influencing the industry for almost 12 years now, long time. And yet there are some, some trends that we are seeing that mean there are, first of all, limits to that ubiquity and are going to, at the very least, complicate our solutions to it. And I think that's hugely important because if you make uh, the wrong decision, you'll be on the wrong total cost of ownership curve. You'll be on the wrong performance curve for satisfying, you know, increasingly demanding customers' needs. Um, you know, there will be a lot of ramifications if you plan for a world of uniform IT servers and yet are forced to operate a world of more proprietary hardware because you didn't really understand what was going to be needed out there. And a great example, you know, at the very beginning of this, you were introducing um, the idea of, uh, you know, what's been going on with innovation and the softwareization on servers. And I was, it made me think of just recently, we had a major Apple uh, set of announcements and Apple events have become big industry events. And they introduced their M3 class of, of processors. What's very interesting is in all of those processors, except one, there are more graphic processing units hmm. than there are CPUs. Those graphic processing units are not any, well, first of all, none of those cores on either side are Intel 86. Hmm. Um, but what's more interesting is uh, more than half of them are for dedicated, highly demanding environments of video. And we know that those chips are very, very similar to what we're seeing in, in upcoming uh, use cases like AI. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the consumer markets go in the same place we're talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's an interesting question. You know, can we, in telecom, can we look at, uh, you know, trends that have already played out in the enterprise space, even in consumer tech, and say, well, look, here's what's going next? Or is there, or is there still something that's sufficiently different and distinct for telecom to need to, uh, you know, innovate on its own terms as regards silicon? You know, I'll throw out a couple of things, but the, I think the biggest one is, IT and telecom have always been two industries that are very closely associated Hmm. with each other. And, you know, as sort of a little bit of a a half a joke, but an industry simplification, if you're an IT uh, company or an IT data center operator, what you see the world as is a very, very complicated set of data centers that you build and operate and know. And then there are these lines on a sheet of paper um, that connect them together. And that's the network, right? It's that other stuff. Um, on the other hand, if you're a telecom operator, you've got this incredibly complicated network with different technologies and mixes of protocols and meshes, and, and it inter- interconnects these little circles called data centers. It's a matter of perspective. Right? Mm. Data centers operate a wide variety of workloads, you know, um, word processing to database management to web, web pages to you know, all kinds of stuff. So you need a flexible, broadly applicable set of commands. Telecom's not like that. Hmm. Telecom is basically in the bit steering and moving business. Hmm. So we have some fairly predictable, replicable tasks, but they have to be done very rapidly. We have to have low latency. We have to have high reliability. We don't want to use too much power. And um, 
So it is not at all surprising um, that we're going to have fairly unique needs for the hardware guts of our network. Hmm. Um, and I think what we may be moving toward, actually, is rather than we're converging on all, you know, Intel 86 uh, architecture, I shouldn't say Intel, they have the competitors making compatible chips, uh, IA86 architecture, we're going to see some x86, and we're going to see maybe some ARM cores, and we're going to see what are basically uh, routing cores uh, using standard protocols like NetConf. I, I like the way you've painted that that picture. Uh, these different needs, the data center world, the, the, the telecom world, there's clearly there is clearly a, a difference. And also, you've talked about some of the differences in parameters. This isn't just all about uh, you know raw throughput. This, <laughs> there is, as it were, it's a bit more complicated than that. Uh, it, it, at least more more nuanced than and when you put right. the, the use cases into. Um, you, you touched on something there that I, I know has cropped up in, in many conversations that we've had, which is the, the kind of expansion of the landscape, um, that there is some some crossover, some porosity, if you like, between between enterprise world and, and telecom world. Um, how do you see the landscape changing when you just look at the kind of silicon area? We're, okay, given that we're not all converging you know, onto a single supplier or even a, a tiny subset of suppliers. What, what is happening with regard to new players coming in and, uh, and, and playing a role in the, in the telecom spot? Well, I think for several years, we've seen uh, outside and adjacent industries entering and becoming legitimate competitors, right? We've, had, we've got the HPEs and the Dells and the Lenovo's and the Supermicros have been certainly moving into traditional data centers for, mm -hmm. for some telecom workloads, OSS workloads. Um, I think we're seeing that accelerating, right? There are more players coming in. And yet, in many ways, this is not an expansion. It's a, it's a consolidation mm -hmm. on companies that are silicon and hardware giants, and they're going to become silicon and hardware giants across industries. Um, so we see Intel acquiring uh, companies and incorporating their technology. We see AMD acquiring companies and incorporating their technology. We see the rise of ARM, right, advanced risk, risk machines. Um, we see companies like Microsoft, Google, and AWS uh, acquiring technology to build their own chips. Right. So we are possibly seeing uh, the consolidation on a set of silicon and operating infra infrastructure environments that are going to cross telecom and IT and even the consumer space. I mean, you know, I was just sitting on, on a, uh, a chip chat webinar for Qualcomm the other day, and, you know, they're becoming a significant player in consumer products, in IT products and in networking products, mm -hmm. right? Very interesting. They used to be basically the CDMA company, and now you can buy a Snapdragon and a laptop. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of there's plenty of scope for innovation and new market opportunity uh, in, in silicon. Just to use that as a as an example. Uh, yeah, and I think silicon is also a source of innovation in our industry, which is you know probably a little complex to get into now, but is something we cover in the report. Sure, sure, and and again, just to just to put something else into context, this isn't this isn't all about um, open RAN, which I know is is very often a, a kind of entry point uh -huh. vector for industry discussion about silicon, but um, it, it, it's got a lot more a lot more breadth yeah, in it than yeah, that. It's a great point because uh, you know a good good part of the 
Mark, well, first of all, the part of the market that's most mature and is certainly in the billions already is in the routing space, routing and service control, which are two of the segments that we, we define and expand on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one, the, the one that's on the tip of everyone's tongue, but not fully scaled yet is AI and ML, right? Uh, Open RAN is certainly very important and it's probably what we spend the most time, the largest number of pages on in the report because mm-hmm. it's emerging, it's not understood, it's complex, and yet it's, it's, far enough along that we're beginning to see even things like ecosystems form around it, uh, which we're covering in other research. Um, But, you know, there are three or four pillars of this. It is not all about open ramp. And and yet we do believe that's going to be a multi-billion dollar market in the not that distant future. Grant, that's, that's been really good. I know it's kind of, Quick, breezy uh, introduction to the report, but yeah, is there anything anything else you, you want to add into into where this goes next? Yes, uh, I mean, I'd I'd like to just really summarize uh, by saying I think one of the things that the report or two of the things that the report emphasizes that are important for every operator and every supplier to understand is how it can change some of the fundamental economics of our industry and what it will make possible. Um, We can look at a number, for decades we've been looking at certain services and saying they would be really cool, but they're just too expensive to implement. There are chips coming out that change that dynamic. Similarly, you know, we've been looking at uh, competition in the RAN, the single largest segment for CapEx for telcos is the mobile network itself. And multi-vendor in the RAN means, you know, vendor A in the north and vendor B in the south or something like that. We are seeing the combination of open standards, disaggregation, um, and some of these platforms changing that dynamic as well so that there is actually a viability to mixing and matching. And that's not just about making your supply chain cheaper or more resilient. That's also about who's introducing the most features more rapidly that let me make money. Mm. And, you know, finally, if you look at things like AI, um, AI could make us or break us. Not only can it go well and go poorly based on how the the software is configured and and used, but if you look at some of of the graphs of the power consumption in, Mm. in AI training and learning and operating, it could become a very, very expensive proposition unless it's done efficiently, right? Mm. And so this is looking at some of the things we got to consider to make sure that we can afford these these wonderful opportunities um, and that we don't destroy the planet along the way. Yeah. Uh, it's in some of these areas is becoming, you know, a bigger concern than maybe it was five or 10 years ago. Okay, Grant, that's been great talking to you. We'll have you back on the podcast very soon. Thanks for having me on, Robert. Always a good conversation. Okay, thanks. Take care. Bye. You have been listening to the Appledore Research Podcast. Join us next time for more insights and conversation on the transformation of talent.